Yes. Welcome back in, everybody. It's David Sedoni, the How to Buy a Home guy here on the How to Buy a Home podcast. Welcome in. Now, if you're a regular listener, well, it's our only our third episode, so I don't know how you could be that regular. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm doing this one pretty quick because part of my new mission this year, it's uh, March 7th, 2019, as I'm recording this today. I did a podcast yesterday, but I'm doing one right now because part of my mission to help you guys out there, all the first-time home buyers who have been getting screwed, you're not getting the right information, you're not having people come and talk to you early enough before you start the home process. So it's my mission to change that one buyer at a time through your earbuds. Well, part of that mission is I talk to someone about credit. Now, if you're listening to this today, that means you're a glutton for punishment. I can't believe you're already listening to this. Credit scores. I know it sucks. It's a scary thing. It's the biggest part of adulting. Nobody likes to talk or think about credit scores, but it's incredibly important. I'm going to do my best to give you a ton of information. Now, why am I doing this one so quick? Such a back-to-back podcast. I just spent an hour on the phone with a credit specialist. I've been doing this 13 years. I've been helping people all over with their credit. I just learned a whole bunch of new stuff. I'm so excited about it. And this is the thing. This is new information that to me, but this is the information that you need to know. This is getting deep down into it. This is learning all of those dirty little secrets. So dirty. That's the stuff that you need to know about. That's the important thing that is going to help you. Now, this is for everybody. I don't care if you're five years from buying a house or five days from buying a house. I've got tips for those of you who are just starting out trying to build your credit. And I've also got tips for those of you who have been building your credit for a little while or are just looking for a couple of the tricks to get over the hump. So there's way too much information right here. If you're watching this, I'm sorry, I'm filming this in my kitchen. It's a really sweet setup. If you're listening to it, uh, you might hear some papers rustling. That's because I got 13 years of information and about 20 pages of notes that I took from my hour-long conversation. Let's dive right in. First of all, what's your credit score? Well, your credit score, it comes from a FICO score. That's Fair Isaacs. Fair Isaacs is the FI in FICO. Uh, It ranges from 350 to 850. And here's the way the scores work. If you're 760 or higher, that's excellent credit. Now, some you're going to hear different things from different people, but that's pretty much the basics. One of the other interesting things is very good credit is 725 to 759. But as of right now, Early uh, March, first quarter here in 2019, 720 is a cutoff with some of the mortgages. So I would say that 720 and above is actually very good. 660 to 724, you're pretty good. Below 660, it's not so good. Your score is actually below average. Now, what does this score come from? Well, first of all, about 35% of it, and again, these percentages vary depending on who you talk to, but about 35% of it comes from your revolving credit and then how you pay on that. It's actually based directly on if you've got late payments, you have negative things on your credit report, and just making sure that your revolving credit, that you've been responsible with it. Which leads us to the interesting thing that you about 15% of what your score is, is based on your history. That's how long you've had credit. So I'll give you some tricks. Hang in there. We're going to get into it. I promise you. Lots and lots of information coming up. I can help you with your history, even if you're 22 years old and you're just starting out. All right. Now, the 30% of your score comes on your mix. 
So that's something we're going to talk about too, trying to open different cards. So there's a very specific way to do that, opening different lines of credit. And then that'll depend on how much is on each card, your available credit that comes into it. And then the other 10% comes into inquiries. We'll talk about that because you don't want to have too many inquiries. And also, you know, how new your credit is. That's the final percentage of that makes up your credit score. So here's a little trick. Trick number one, do you know that you can apply for the same type of credit multiple times and only get one hit on your credit history? So if you're going out shopping for a car and you go to a car dealership, you can go to five different dealerships and have them run your credit five different times. As long as it shows that you're still just looking for a car and you're only going to get one hit. They did that to help you, to help the consumer, so that you could do some shopping. Pretty cool, huh? Okay, now here's the thing about credit scores. This is what I found out today. I know that they have different scores for different types of things. Did you know that you have 28 different FICO scores? Yeah, you heard me correctly. And like I said, if you're still here and you're still listening, you are a glutton, but I'm going to keep giving you more info. You guys deserve this stuff. 28 different FICO scores. And right now you can go online and everybody tells me, oh, David, I'm buying a house because I know exactly what my FICO score is. No, you don't. You really don't know because there are 28 different scores out there. Experian has 10 different scores. TransUnion has nine and Equifax has nine. Okay, now you're going, David, who the heck are those people? That's cool. If you're a newbie and you're trying to figure it out, there are three different credit bureaus. There's Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. And they've got 28 different scores between them. So if you go on Credit Karma and think that you figured out what you got or freecreditreport.com, those numbers might not be correct. So you've got to make sure that you talk to a professional when you're ready to go. All right. Here's the next thing that blew me away. I thought this number of errors on credit reports was about 30%. I talked to a credit specialist. Do you know that the Fair Trade Commission recently came out with a report that said that 77% of all credit reports contain errors? 77%. And that's from the Fair Trade Commission. And they went and they talked to TransUnion. They thought they had them. They got them under the press and they were like, hey, TransUnion, did you hear about this? 77%. What do you have to say about that? You know what TransUnion said? Yep. Sounds about right. It's crazy. Most of the errors or that are easily changeable. And we will talk about this. Hang in there. I'm going to give you the tips on how to get these things off. The easiest ones to get off are medical issues and telecommunication delinquents. That's like your phone, you know, your cable bill, satellite stuff. They're the easiest to challenge. We'll get more into that later. Student loans is a hot topic. Everyone's freaking out about their student loans. Why are student loans such a bummer on your credit report? Well, here's why. You usually don't get your student loan in one chunk, right? If you got a hundred or $200,000 loan, you didn't get it all at once. You got it in stipends. The way the credit bureaus look at your student loans are individual events. So you can have up to 20 individual events for your student loan on your credit report. Why does that matter? If you miss one late payment over 30 days, and this is tip number one, guys, two days late is not late. It won't get reported to the credit bureau. 30 days is late. If you're past 30 days, that's when you get reported. But if you've got one of those student loans and you're looking at at 20 different marks each time that that stipend came in, 20 different events on your credit report, if you're late on one payment, 
you now have 20 bad marks and bad hits on your credit report. Sucks, doesn't it? So stay on top of your student loans. Here's the tips. I'm going to start with the basics and then I'm going to finish with some stuff that's going to blow you away. The first thing is maintaining your balance on your credit cards. Just keep a low balance. That's what you want to do. I've got some real deep dive stuff on that later. Hang on. Another quick little tip, set up automatic bill pay. It just makes things easier. All right. Don't blame the mailman. Don't blame the fact that you haven't gone to your mailbox in a week. Set up automatic pay. We're all online. It's super easy. If you are going to go out and you're going to look for credit cards, there are a couple great sites out there. Make sure that wherever you're looking at, you check it against the Better Business Bureau, the BBB. If you don't know what that is, it is not a boy band from the 90s. The BBB is the Better Business Bureau. They're going to give you a grade, a letter grade, A to F. Check them out. There's some great sites out there that can help you. And if you are out there shopping, make sure that when you're shopping for a credit card online that you're just shopping for within 30-day period. I like to say within 21 because you never know. The other thing too is you're going to get a lot of stuff in the mail. That's cool. Don't get all stoked and all excited when someone sends you something in the mail. Just because someone sent you something and said you should get a credit card doesn't mean that's the best rate. Now we're going to get back into this adulting stuff. I know you don't want to hear it. I don't care if you are five years away. Hear this. Put this in your earbuds. Share it to your friends right now who are out there being irresponsible with their credit. Share this podcast. All right. But you've got to create a budget. Just create a budget for yourself, reduce all the non-essential spending, and then track your spending. There's cool ways to track your spending now. You can look at an app. Also, you want to review your credit score every once in a while. Annualcreditreport.com is one place you can do that. That's a government site that actually allows you to check your credit three times a year, but I've got something even better. Hang tight. Make sure that you're staying on top of things and you don't let your accounts get past due. And if you see incorrect information on your credit score, we're going to figure out how to dispute that a little bit later as well. Pay down your debts as best you can. And then here's a big tip. Ready? Take a stop on the treadmill. Put the water down. Listen. If you're driving, keep your eyes on the road, but listen up. Don't close your accounts. I don't care if you got that card in college and it's 27% interest. Do not close that account. Credit history is a huge part of what you're doing. You're going to keep the account. Now, here's the tricks you're going to do. You're going to keep that account. You're going to use it. You're going to use it every once in a while for something that you were going to buy out of your checking account or out of your debit card. Use it and then pay it right off. After you do that for six months, eight months, 12 months, you call them and say, hey, I've been a good responsible credit card person. Do you think that I could reduce my interest rate? Or can I raise my available credit? Great trick for you to do. Make sure that you just pay off your high debt instead of moving it around. You can talk to a credit specialist, someone who can help you and show you exactly which card to pay off when. Dave Ramsey likes to say, start with the one that has the highest interest rate, pay that one off, double up on that one until you finish with that one, rather than just paying the minimums on everything, right? So don't move the debt from one card to the other, just pay them off individually. And if you've been managing your credit for just a little bit of time, don't end up getting trying to get a whole bunch of new cards. Keep the cards you've got, work the balances there, keep them low. All right, now we're going to get into the nitty gritty stuff I was talking about. There's something called an authorized user. I put this up on my Facebook page. I've got a Facebook page out there called How to Buy a Home. Look for How to Buy a Home with David Zidoni. Ask to be in the group. I'll put you in there. 
We've got tons of buyers out there that are talking to each other all day long, giving them tips. This is something that I put up recently. An authorized user means mom, dad, uncle, friend, somebody that you know, do not do this with a stranger. I've actually heard there are companies that are letting you find an authorized user, which means I have a credit card and then I'm going to let Joe Smith come on my credit card. Do not do that with a stranger. Okay. You want to make sure that the person has a good credit line and no lates on that card. But if mom and dad or a friend has a $15,000 credit card or a $20,000 credit card, you put your name on there and then you look like you have that credit history. And here's the really cool thing. Ask mom and dad if they've got a Sears card. I know Sears, it's old. You might not even know what that is, but that's the point. They might have a card from 1972. Now, a Sears card, if you get on there, bam, suddenly you have credit history that goes to years before you were born. Pretty cool trick, huh? Also, you never want to do that with American Express. American Express doesn't validate an authorized user. They take it from the date that you go on, not the date that the original person was. You want to do it with Sears cards, gas cards, uh, Visa and MasterCard. But the older the card, the better. Here's another trick for you. If you're out there using your debit card all the time, instead of using your debit card for gas, for groceries, for the regular things that you're going to buy, use your credit card and then pay it off. Now, here's the really insider trick. This is something I found out today. The credit companies report to the credit bureaus, the credit cards report to the credit bureaus at different times. They're all different. Some are on the 1st, some are on the 10th, some are on the 20th, some are on the 27th. You never know. So if you're one of those people who uses your credit card all month long and then pays it off out of your checking account, instead of using your checking account all month and you think you're doing a good thing, they might report on the 26th, the day before you pay it off, and you look like you use 90% of your credit card all the time, even though the next day your credit card was down to zero. So here's what you do. You use it. We're in the 21st century, kids. Go online, pay it off. Use it the next day for gas, for groceries, go online before you go to bed, pay it off. What that does is it builds up your credit. It shows that you're being responsible. Also, another thing that you can do is getting into the big tips now. Those of you guys who are getting close to buying a house, here's some really important stuff. If you have a credit card and you get it down to a zero balance, you do not want a zero balance. I found this out today from a credit expert. If you have a $10,000 credit card and it has a zero balance, if it keeps a zero balance for up to six months, it actually lowers your score. A lot of people out there don't know this. A lot of people don't know that zero balances are not a good thing. We all know you're trying to be responsible, but you have to know the tricks, the way the credit unions look at you and the credit bureaus look at you, I should say. And there's 28 different scores. So never keep a zero balance for more than six months. Keep it below 20%. Some people say 30%. The truth is you actually want to keep it below 20%. Once you get down there and you're getting to the end and you're getting ready to go, if you need a little bump, if you need to get from 715 to 720 and you're right at the end, if you're listening to this right now because you're figuring out how to buy a home and and you're getting ready to write an offer on a house, You can do something called a rapid rescore. Talk to your lender, talk to your professional. A rapid rescore is going in, correcting a mistake with the credit bureaus. It costs a little bit of money, 150, 250 bucks, but your score can go up 10, 15, 30 points in a matter of like 72 hours. 
So that's something that you can use. Also, this is the very biggest tip at the end of the period when you're getting ready to get that big application in. When you're getting ready to put the application in for the mortgage, at the time of the applying for the loan, if you've been doing what I just told you about, you're keeping your credit card balances below 20%, not zero. But this is where it gets really tricky. If you're a couple weeks before you're applying for a mortgage on a home, you want your balance to be between zero and 1%. I'm not telling you this because I made this up. I'm telling you this because I just talked to somebody a lot smarter than me about this stuff. Someone who's been doing it for a long time, between zero and 1%. Now, you don't want to keep it there for years, but as you get up to ready to buy a home between zero and 1%, it can bump your score 10 to 15 points. So that's the big trick. Now, how do you do these things? Besides these tips and tricks, what happens if you're one of the people with 77% of the people who have incorrect information on their credit report? Or what if you're five years away? What if you're three years away? What if you're two years away and you've got a bunch of crap on your credit report and you're trying to figure out how to get it off? You can talk to a credit specialist. I just ended up speaking to one for about an hour. You've probably got one in your area. Hit me up on Instagram. That's at David Sedoni, at David Sedoni, hashtag how to buy a home guy. I'll be able to get you some information, maybe help you out with somebody in your area. Like I said, this is my new mission. I'm just giving this information away for free. I may not know somebody in your area, but I can tell you there are some really good credit guys out there. What they do is they help you with the challenges. Why? Why are we going to challenge what's going on? Well, it's not just the fact that it's wrong. They can challenge derogatory hits on your credit report for things that you actually did do it wrong or that you did do incorrectly. Why? Because there's a very strict law. The credit bureaus need three valid pieces of information and validation that it was you and that you were late on your payment or that you skipped town and didn't make your last payment. Well, it's very easy to challenge them and go on there because you can challenge things like typos on the date of birth, the address, if the middle name is spelled incorrectly, the middle initial, if the dates are incorrect, if the dollar amounts or the cent amount is off by a penny, spelling of names. All of these things are things that these credit specialists can use to challenge the report. Another thing they can do is they can say, hey, we challenge that this was even looked at by anyone in your office. We think this is an automated response, and therefore, we don't accept that. Now, why would they do that? Because 90% of all challenges of credit reports are actually automated into a system and returned by a robot. Welcome to the 21st century. Fun times. Robots are controlling your future. But in this case, it's actually good for you because you can take that challenge and say, nope, we want to talk to a person. And eventually, over time, one of the things that people who's ever gone through this, who have ever gone through this, know is that eventually the creditors just wear down. So you can hire one of these credit specialists for a nominal monthly fee, and they can help you out and help you make all of these challenges. And eventually, the credit guys, they'll just go away. Now, remember earlier I told you there were 28 scores? One of the things they can figure out is they can look at all your scores. They can figure out which one of the three bureaus is the worst. Experian, TransUnion, Equifax. All of us have a first, second, and a third. 
And when you're applying for a mortgage, they take what they call the mid score. That's the middle score. So what your credit specialist can do is say, okay, experience at 720, TransUnion is at 700, and Equifax is at 699. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to bump up Equifax and you hit Equifax hard and challenge them hard. Get that up to like 715 and suddenly 715 is your mid score as opposed to 700 if you hadn't done anything at all. And finally, this is the big, big tip that I want to give everybody. There's Credit Karma. There's FreeCreditReport.com. And by the time you hear this, and heck, if you're listening to it in the future, which I hope you are, I hope you've shared this to your friends who need their credit fixed. There's going to be another website that pops up. There's so much misinformation out there. The easiest way to do it is go directly to the source, myfico.com. Again, information given to me by somebody much smarter than me who's been doing credit for a long time myfico.com. Go there. Now, what they do is for one time for like 80 or 90 bucks, you can get your credit report. And there's no inquiry for doing this. That's the cool thing. Well, instead of doing it one time for 80 or 90 bucks, they have a right now, as of March 2019, $29.95 a month. So what you do is you sign up for their monthly Go through myfico.com. You get the Fair Isaac simulation and it's spot on. It's the best and most accurate detailed information about you and where you sit with your credit. And then before the next month happens, you just don't renew it and you're good to go. This is insane, serious stuff. And the fact that you hung out this long, I know that you're serious about it. And that's great. That makes me excited. Keep listening. Go back, listen to the other podcasts we've got about how to buy a home. If you listen to all this credit stuff and you're still here and I'm still in your ears, that means you're serious and I'm excited for you. I want to help you. First-time buyers are not being talked to. I'm on Instagram and at David Sedoni. Go there. Take a look at other information. I've got to help you with picking out your realtor, with figuring out when you want to start, with getting a plan, with getting a financial plan, understanding rent versus buying all kinds of stuff at David Sedoni on Instagram. If you've got questions, hit me up on Instagram, or of course you can always email me David at davidsedoni.com and say, dude, I listen to your podcast. I'm in Georgia. What the heck do I do? I'll make some calls and I'll find somebody out there for you. I know realtors all over the country, folks who can help people that can get you in touch with the right people. Share this podcast, rate and review it, please, please, please. I'm giving this information out for free. And if it's brought you any value, please share it to other people. That's good for me. But most importantly, it's good for them. We want to change the country one buyer at a time. It's time that real estate agents talk directly to you and get in touch with you when you're before you're ready to buy the house. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Remember, this stuff is crazy, but you can do it. Get out there, work on your credit, live the American dream. You can do it. Talk to you next time.